Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, especially Chris and Lindy, Jen, Mary, the grandkids, all the rest of the family, and all of you here gathered this morning. In John 11, at times like this, the rubber hits the road. You trust Jesus with the little things, don't you? Sure you do. Now you learn all the more to trust Jesus with the big things, the most important things, salvational stuff, like trusting in Jesus in the face of death, kids' death, and uh, yours one day. Trusting the Lord's promise that he is the resurrection and the life, and kids' resurrection of the body and life everlasting with Jesus in heaven with all who believe in him. So brothers and sisters, for your living by faith today and in the difficult days ahead, you have magnificent and comforting promises from our Lord Jesus Christ in John 11, which you heard earlier. Now, Mary, I've been preparing for this day ever since you and Kent told me the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. Nonetheless, I am delighted to preach today. And why is that? Because only the Lord's promises are certain and sure. Jesus has the say-so, not death, not the grave. So my cup of tea is to give you the Lord's words and the Lord's promises. It's what he sent me here at Trinity Burdock to do. So shall we get started? Let's do it. Lazarus, in John 11, if you know the whole story, like Kent, was very sick, deathly ill. Jesus, Lazarus' best friend, he wasn't around. They put out the distress call to Jesus. Lazarus, the one you love, Jesus, he's ghastly ill. It won't be long, Jesus, if you don't get here soon. And astonishingly, astonishingly if you know the story, Jesus doesn't rush to Lazarus' side. You think he would. After all, when you read the New Testament, Jesus is always helping people out. But incredibly here, Jesus does, at this time, nothing. And he stays away on purpose. He waits two extra days. And here's the shocker of all shockers. Jesus lets his best friend Lazarus die. However, like the man born blind in John chapter 9, Jesus will use Lazarus as an object lesson, an example. It is for the glory of God, Jesus said, so that the Son of God, that's Jesus, may be glorified through it. Now remember that, especially today or in the coming days, when you feel that Jesus is slow to respond to or didn't answer your 911 call for help. Remember this. When your prayers seem to go unanswered or when it appears that Jesus doesn't seem to give a rip about your sickness, your suffering, or even your dying, especially kids. Remember, Lazarus, Jesus let his best friend die because Jesus knew what he was going to do. He knew that this sickness was not unto death, 
He let Lazarus die so that Jesus would go and wake him up. Remember that, especially today. This is how Jesus treats his friend. Mary and Martha, however, they appear to be a little peeved with Jesus after he finally shows up. Jesus helped all kinds of strangers, but he's a no-show for Lazarus. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Your brother will rise again, Jesus says. Jesus meant today. However, Martha thinks the Lord is referring to the last day. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Martha knew this very well. She paid attention when she went to church, and she paid attention to her Sunday school lessons. However, brothers and sisters, the question is not what Martha knows, but what she believes. And so Jesus plucks the faith cord. Listen, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me lives even though he dies. In other words, he lives in spite of his death. And whoever lives and believes in me never dies forever. In other words, he may die for a while, but not forever. And then the biggest question that Jesus asks anyone in the New Testament, do you believe this, Martha? That's the question, not only for Martha, but for all of us gathered here today. Do you believe this? Do you believe this in the face of Kent's death? Or how about your own inevitable death? Do you believe this when the doctor says you have only a few months or a few years to live? Do you believe this when you see your dear friends dying all around you? When the world seems to be filled with nothing but death and despair? Do you believe that Jesus is in fact the resurrection and the life? And that to live and believe in him is to have life now and forever? Oh, you can know a lot of things. You can even have your last day knowledge all figured out. You know that the dead will rise on the last day, but that's not the ultimate essential point. The question is not about the dead, but about who? Jesus, who is the antidote to death. He is the one who died and rose to conquer death. He is the resurrection and the life. Oh, what joy this is. And Martha believes it. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. That's the great confession. The confession of all who believe that Jesus is indeed the Christ. And then it's off to Lazarus' grave. And Jesus continues to bark out commands like he always does in the New Testament. He commands them to open up the tomb. Martha, she's afraid of the stench. Lord, by this time, there's going to be an odor. He's been dead four days, you know. And then he barks out another command. And it's a command that no one ever expected Jesus to say. Because you don't talk to the... You don't talk to the dead like that. Uh, but Jesus does, because he is the resurrection and the life. Listen, Lazarus, come out. His words do what they say. Lazarus comes out of the grave. He walks out alive. 
still wrapped in his burial clothes. And then Jesus gives another order. Unbound him, unbind him, pardon me, and let him go. And if you noticed, the end of the text goes like this. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary, and they'd seen what he did, what happened? They believed in Jesus. So, brothers and sisters, where does this leave all of us here today? You've all been Mary and Martha, or like Mary Hurdle, Chris, Jen, and you will be again. You've buried loved ones, some of whom became sick, and even after many prayers ascended before God's throne, they still died. Just like Kent. And you're left wondering, why? You've heard the Lord's promise over and over and over again in your life. I am the resurrection of life. And you believe in a Martha way. You know that Kent will rise again on the last day in the resurrection. And there is great comfort in that, don't get me wrong. But if you just hear it in, only in the future sense, you miss the entire point when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection and the life, not only in the future. Are you listening? Not only in the future, but in the present tense. Jesus is the resurrection and the life now, even today at Kent's funeral. So, to live in Jesus and to believe in him, to be baptized into his death and life, is to have resurrection and life now. So that you live in spite of your, yes, that's right, in spite of your death. And living and believing in Jesus, you never die forever. Resurrection and life are not some pie in the sky by and by. They're here and now for you, delivered in the water of your baptism, the preaching of the gospel, the speaking of the absolution, the giving of the bread that is Christ's body, and the giving of the, of the wine which is his blood, forgiveness, life, and salvation, now. Brothers and sisters, you, like Kent, sooner or later, are going to be a who someday? A Lazarus. It may be the result of some accident, a sickness, maybe a crime against you, a heart attack, a stroke, or just dying of old age in your sleep. Something's going to get you. And Jesus won't stop it. He'll let you die. Because he will do what with you? Like Lazarus. <laughs> He'll wake you up. That's how Jesus treats his greatest enemy, death. Death is asleep from which he will wake up Kent as well as you, just as surely as he is risen from the dead. Brothers and sisters, here's the bottom line. Even if Jesus had done nothing at all for Lazarus, even if Jesus had stayed where he was and simply let Lazarus die, Lazarus could not have been safer. The same goes for Kent, and the same goes for all of you. Your descent into death and the grave is preceded by whose? Our Lord's descent into death and the grave. And Jesus has conquered both. And in him 
you conquer both as well. So there is nothing in life or in death that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Kent and all of you who believe in Jesus already have healing, life, and salvation because of the Good Friday death and Easter morning resurrection of Jesus. Yes, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. In him, baptized and believing in him, you, Kent, like Lazarus, have resurrection and life now and forever. And this is precisely why St. Paul in the epistle gets right into death's grill and mockingly taunts and sneers. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Death doesn't win because Jesus has already won for you. His empty tomb is proof. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.